I was on a night out and I got into altercation and ended up having a bit, a bit of a, what I thought was a fight, but I was actually stabbed three times, once in the neck and twice in the leg. Olympic Channel Podcast. That was super heavyweight boxer and Commonwealth champion Fraser Clark. And today we are talking to one of Great Britain's biggest boxing hopes for both the World Championships and Tokyo 2020. I'm Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week we find for you the biggest stories from around the Olympics to get you inspired and motivated. If you love the Olympics, then subscribe right now wherever you find your podcasts. Olympic Channel Podcast. With Olympic medalists like Anthony Joshua, James DeGale, Joe Joyce and Amir Khan, the Brits, well, they know their way around an Olympic boxing ring. At 27, Fraser Clark has been waiting for a long time to get his hands on an Olympic medal. He took a gold medal at the 2018 Commonwealth Games, but it could all have been very different. Two weeks after his daughter was born in 2016, he was stabbed three times, including once in his neck. With a renewed focus, he's back and his eyes are firmly on the prize this time. Alessandro Poggi spoke to Clark ahead of the World Championships. The first fights of that competition start on Monday, the 9th of September in Russia. And the pair began talking about how he got started in the sport. Olympic Channel Podcast. Do you remember the first time you put your gloves on? I remember going to the gym the first night and there was just a, a rack with all old gloves on it. And, you know, I, I just turned up at the gym with, with nothing, a bottle of water. So I can remember going in and um, the coach said, right, put these, put these gloves on. It's just an old pair of gloves that have probably been used a thousand times before that. Um, the thing I remember is, is the smell. So old sweat, stale sweat and gloves. A anyone that's been to a boxing club, they'll, they'll know this if, if they've gone about to borrow a pair of gloves. You know, that many, that many dead skin cells inside and then I can remember doing the first session and finishing and the skin on my knuckles was gone I didn't have no wraps I just put my hands straight in and even though you know that it really did hurt and I can remember going home and showing my mum and I was quite proud I was quite proud of you know the, the little scars on the end of my knuckles I was it was a it's a weird experience but then uh, you know I went a couple more times and I think they could see that I was going to take it serious so then I came home from school one day and my mum had got me a pair of boxing gloves, my own boxing gloves, um, the Gold's Gym, Gold's Gym mitts, black and gold. You used to be able to buy a little set, so you got some gloves, some pads. Just a very cheap, very basic set, but you know, they were my first, my first gloves and I loved them. But what about your first uh, Olympic memories in boxing? Uh... Boxing-wise, would, would, be, would be Amir Khan, definitely. Um, I can remember. I can remember. It was such of like um, I just got into uh, you know, in, not just got into boxing, but I was taking a lot more notice of who's boxing and different boxers. And Amir Khan was, you know, he was. Uh, he took the nation by storm. Um, I think everyone in Britain got behind him in the Olympics. Um, so 2004, uh, he was only 17, which which I thought at the time was very normal. It's only now, being 27 years old and realizing at 17. It was an unbelievable achievement for him to go to the Olympics. Like, there's no one in our squad now that's 17 and and got a look in on the Olympics. But he was uh, 17, and you know he really did do something phenomenal. I think I think he don't get credit enough for that. A 17-year-old single boxer from from England 
from Great Britain to go and represent, you know, at the Olympics uh, and get a silver medal, you know, that's that's some some going. It's really unbelievable. Fraser has actually been in the running to represent Great Britain at the Olympics twice, but missed out both times. In 2012, Anthony Joshua was selected ahead of him. Joshua went on to have a famous victory against Vladimir Klitschko to become heavyweight champion of the world. Clark and Joshua remain friends and have spoken ahead of Joshua's rematch against Andy Ruiz. Then 2012, uh, you, you missed the home games uh, in London. Uh, how, how tough, how difficult was that for you? Um, it wasn't that tough in 2012, to be honest, because I was I was on I was part of the team, part of the squad, but if I'm really honest with myself, I I was a kid and you know, I, I would have had no chance of, you know, competing for a medal at the Olympics in twenty twelve, um, you know, fighting against senior guys, you know, such as you know, the, the Cuban, um Savon, um Italian, um the one Joshua fought in the final, I can't think of his name. I've seen Camarelli. Him. Camarelli, I've seen him walking around the village here. Yeah, you know, he's, he's here with the Italian team. What a great fighter! So it was, it was very unrealistic. But I was, I was in the mix and I was part of the team. So it was good to, uh, you know, it's, I've been here for that long. You see, um, but it wasn't that tough because I didn't feel like I could have got. I feel like I could have gone there and got a great experience and say, wow, I've been an Olympian. But I'm not the kind of person to just, just want that. I don't want the title of. Fraser Clark, the Olympian, do you know what I mean? I, I want to go to the Olympics and I want to represent myself, my town and my country in a, in a fashion where I'm really performing well, I'm doing well and, you know, bringing back a gold medal. And seeing uh, like uh, Joshua winning, was for you like, uh, were you happy or...? Uh... 100% happy for him, you know, uh, I'd seen the work that he'd put in leading up to 2012, the whole, the whole team, I was surrounded by him through all their training and they'd all worked so hard and it was a fantastic team, a fantastic squad, there was that much talent in it, you know, and and I'd probably say we, we, we fell a little bit short of my expectations, you know, you had your likes of Tom Stalker, Andrew Selby in there, um, Joshua, obviously Luke Campbell, you know, brought back the gold, Agogo, Fred Evans, they, they did fantastically well, you know, but I, th I thought I might have seen a, a few of the other names, you know, pick up a medal, but that, that's the Olympic, Olympic Games, you know, it goes on the form for that tournament. It's not always, um, you know, people that have had form all the way through to it, you know, don't win the medals. You know, you get it right for that, that, that two week, three week period. You live your lifestyle right and you get the performance right and, you know, you can end up being an Olympic champion. Some people are writing him off now that he lost. Uh, what, what do you think? Everyone loses. Floyd Mayweather, Rocky Marciano, um, they're, they're two out of how many boxers have, have never lost. It's just, it's sport. In sport, there's always a winner, there's always a loser. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You do your best all the time. But on this one occasion, he fell a little bit short. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, knowing him as a person, knowing the professional he is, he's, it's just the nature of the beast, the nature of the person. Any fighter, you, you hate losing. So he was doing, doing his absolute best to come back and you know, put his wrong right. And have you spoken with him? Yeah, I spoke to him, yeah, yeah. We had a little chat and stuff. and. Um, it's one of them things, you know. Uh, he's 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 a grown man and he's a solid professional. He's, you know, he he understands that he, he he's not shifting the blame to no one else, you know, but himself. You know, on on the night, the better man won the fight in Andy Ruiz. So you know, I, I can take a lot from that, a lot from him as a person. Um, 
he sort of you know he owns up owns up to his to his mistakes and he'll just he'll just come back and rectify them. Please welcome the boxer in the blue corner representing Great Britain. Joe Joyce was the number one boxer ahead of Clark. He went on to take a silver medal at Rio 2016. But missing out on that opportunity still burns for Clark. And after two setbacks like this, how did you reset mentally? Well, it's a sort of third time lucky, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, no, it wasn't that. It was, um, it, was, it was a difficult decision. You know, I had a really tough decision on my hands. Um, it was either, you know, go back for another four years and wait, wait it out, or it was, you know, turn professional and, and, and try and try and, you know, become a world champion in the professional ranks. Um, after, you know, I had a I had a really, really difficult choice because I had a lot of people, you know, telling me, you know, you should have turned professional now. Now's the time. You're getting older. Um, this is a perfect time for the heavyweight division. Then I had certain people saying, you know, you should stay amateur. You know, um, follow your dream and. You know, you have a really good chance and a better platform for when you do turn professional if you go to the Olympics. I already sort of knew in my head what I wanted to do because professional professional boxers, I know hundreds of them. I know, you know, Bill from the pub was once a professional. So was Mark from the pub, Johnny from the pub, Ian that works in the butchers. He, he had he had three professional fights. You only get a, a real small handful of people that can say that they represented their country in the Olympic Games as a boxer. And I, I felt like I'd put that much into, you know, my GB career and my amateur career. I'd do myself an injustice by, by not giving myself the best chance to go to the Olympics. And also, the thing with professional boxing is, it's all in the title, it's professional boxing. I don't feel like at the time I was quite ready to live the professional lifestyle as I am now, you know, I've, I've matured a lot over the last three years, uh, maybe three years ago. I don't want to be a professional boxer by, you know, just by name. You need to be a professional in yourself, a professional person, your lifestyle, um, you know, your training, your recovery, you know, to make these big decisions. It was two weeks after his daughter was born when Clark found himself in a situation. He was on a night out with some friends and ended up being stabbed three times. I was on a night out and I got into altercation and ended up having a bit, a bit of a, what I thought was a fight. Um, you know, it, it happens and it, it was unfortunate, but I was actually stabbed three times. Um, once in the neck and twice in the leg. Um, and you know, I lost a lot of blood, and I was I was lucky I was in a bad way. But um, I'm here now. I'm fit. I'm healthy. Thank you to the doctors and the nurses that looked after me. And thank you to my family and friends. Um, and just you know, just a word to anyone that, that ever thinks about. So it was potentially a death. death yeah, yeah, it could it could have been. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not going to say that you know I was fighting for my life because I wasn't. But you know, a couple of inches to the left or right. You don't know what could have happened. I don't like to think of it. I had a two-week-old daughter at the time. My daughter was two weeks old, so I was more gutted about the fact that this happened to me while she was two weeks old. Maybe I shouldn't have even been out, do you know what I mean? But I was trying to celebrate her being born. So it's just one of them unfortunate things. Um, 
people need to people need to really think about what they're doing. You know, the effect that would have had on my life, on my daughter's life, on my family's life, and ongoing effect on their life. Because someone would have gone to jail for a lifetime. Um, so yeah, my message to everyone is, you know, think before you act, and you know, don't carry knives. Um, if you have a problem with anyone or an issue with anyone, speak to someone, or go to the boxing club because the, the, these are these are how I do my talking. If I if I do if I have any ill feeling, this this is what I do. I put the gloves on and I, I go and represent myself and my country. Um, picking up a knife or any kind of weapon, it's something that is in the back of my mind, and you know, I just want everyone else to think about that before they you know act upon their anger and aggression. Do you think that the episode? made you click something in your mind uh, in for uh, like a, in a in terms of uh, uh motivation for you know in boxing yeah of course um like i said my daughter was two weeks old at the time and i didn't need any more motivation in that anyway but you know um I was, like was a wake-up call it, but, after... but, it, but what it was it was a rude awakening that you know maybe there's certain places and certain certain things you, sh you should avoid and you can avoid um So it's made me more more aware of my surroundings now. You know, I'm probably a bit more cautious about where I go and and who I go with and and, and what I do. So um, it, yeah, it's a huge wake up call. Anything like that's a wake up call, you know. Um, and I think that it's really really good that not good that it happened, but it's it's made me a more wise person. It's a massive problem back home, um, to be honest, in England at the minute, and it's something that you know I, I feel really passionate about because. I'm able to sit here now uh, and talk to you about the uh, the situation and about the event that happened and you know there's a lot of people that I know there's friends of mine which which aren't aren't here anymore because they haven't been able to talk about the situation because you know they've lost they've lost their life um, so that that was just it was an unfortunate event you know sort of wrong place wrong time and you know may, may, maybe I put myself in a position where You know, I, I could it could have been avoided possibly. Um, alcohol, you know, it's never never a good situation when that gets involved. But it's, these are all lessons, life lessons. Like I say, I was very lucky, very fortunate to come out the other side. Um, and since then, I think I think I've done quite positive things with it. Do you know what I mean? I've quite, I've made I've made a big awareness of it. Um, I'm always pushing, you know, for awareness of it. Whether it's speaking to uh, groups of kids or youths or people that might be going down the wrong road, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to advise everyone: you don't need to pick up a knife. You know, um, I, like I say, I can remember it. I can remember it crystal clear the night, and just that, that look on my family's face um, when they came to the hospital and see me in, in, in a bad way. You know, that was enough for me to understand that you, you have to really think about the positions you're going to put yourself in. You you, you won. Uh, the the goal at the common Commonwealth Games, uh, like I remember the title, the headlines from being stabbed uh, a few months before to to winning the Commonwealth gold. Uh, how, how was that the the pinnacle of your career? What 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 represented for you? Yeah, it was you know because leading up to the year before was was the most difficult uh, year of my career. You know, I had two two really bad injuries. I had a real career threatener in um, you know I. Um, snapped my hamstring um, deattached my hamstring so it was a, it was a, you might not box again and then I also had an operation on my hand so during that time you know um, physically and mentally I really let myself go you know I gained weight and I I mentally I wasn't I wasn't in the sport I wasn't I wasn't anywhere I was I was doing everything that an athlete should do I was doing the total opposite so it was real tough um, and then once again I can't thank enough you know the GB medical team um, Ian Gat Sophie 
um, Ed, you know, there are physios and the doctors, Mike Lucemore and Andrew Hogan and everyone else that, you know, that was a part of um, getting me, you know, the, the correct surgery, the correct rehab um, and just basically being able to let me carry on striving towards what I want to do. So, you know, they did that and they, they, they pieced me back together um, and then they built me up and then I was able to train to go to the Commonwealth Games and even at the Commonwealth Games, I still wouldn't say I was 100%, but I had a 100% mentality in the fact that I was going there for one thing. And, you know, when you're representing your country, it's all or nothing. Uh, I really wanted the gold medal. So I went there and, you know, like I said, performances wasn't up to scratch, you know, for someone who sets standards as high as I do. But um, we got went there and we got the job done. And, you know, three entertaining bars. I think everyone, no one will say they didn't, well, wasn't entertained by me. It was sort of one of them things, uh, you know, I sort of, it hit them a lot, but I didn't. I took quite a few shots as well. Do you know what I mean? So it was entertaining. And I can remember the roar of the crowd. People loved it. Um, the the reaction back home was unbelievable where I live. So um, yeah, I think everyone got their money's worth. And you you uh, grew up in the north northern central part of England. Uh? Yeah, it's like, it's like uh, the Midlands. I grew up in the middle of the country, small town called Burton on Trent, brewing town. So you know we make all the beer uh, for all around the country. Uh, yeah. Love where I'm from, uh, very proud, you know, to be representing my country, but also representing my hometown, Burton-on-Trent. Um, get a lot of support from around there, you know. Um, and it's, it's just, it's just, no matter where I go in the world, I've been to some fantastic places. Boxing's took me all around the world. Um, there's nowhere like home. That little, that little, that little town. That's uh, yeah, that's where I'm from. Very proud. Now it's all about the World Championships in Russia, which start on Monday the 9th of September. And then it's about bringing home an Olympic gold medal to his hometown of Burton-on-Trent. After two setbacks, what, what would it mean for you qualifying to, to Tokyo, representing your country in Tokyo? I've been around a long time now, you know, I've, I've seen them all, I've seen them come, I've seen them go, all the boxes, I've seen everyone try to make the Olympics and I've, I've essentially, out of probably hundreds of boxes, I've probably seen 20 or so boxers go and compete at the Olympics, and, you know, out of people that I know, friends of mine, so, you know, I, I want to join them and I want to do really well, I don't just want to go to the Olympics and, you know, get the experience and a few, a few Instagram videos, I want to go there, I want to, I want to, I want to make history for myself, I want to make history for my daughter, my family, I want, you know, I want them to be very proud of me. Um, I want to put Burton on Trent, my hometown. I want to put that on the map. Um, we we want a gold letterbox in Burton on Trent. I want a parade down the high street, you know, on an open top bus with my friends and family, parading the Olympic medal. I'm not embarrassed or afraid to say that. That's what I want. Um, so it means everything, and you know. I work hard as it is, but I'm going to have to step up the levels and step it up again and step it up again in order to do that because some really good fighters out there. Confident on qualifying? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know how many boxers are going to be at the game, maybe 16 in, in my weight. If, if, I, if, if you come and ask me if I'm in the top 16 in the world, absolutely, 100%. Am I in the top, top two or three in my head? Yeah, 100%. There's, there's difficult fights out there. Am I capable of beating them? One million percent. I can beat anyone out there on my day. Um, I know how good I am. I know I know that things things are still improving. I'm still getting better, but things are going to fall into place over the next couple of months and the next year. 
hopefully, you know, it's all about getting it timing right. By the time we get to 2020, I'm ready. I'm in peak condition. Mental state's correct. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm going to Tokyo, not as a tourist. I'm going with one ambition, to bring back a gold medal. Is it something that gives you confidence, the fact that uh, in the, your category, uh, first Joshua and then Joyce, uh, they medaled before? Um, or was yeah, it, it extra pressure? No, it's, it's, it's not pressure. Um, not pressure at all. You know, the, it's an individual journey. My journey and their journey are, are different, so... But the, the British school, do you think? Yeah, yeah. We, is up there. We, we, yeah, we, we're good when it comes... You know, we're good at all weights, but... You know, we've been doing something right with the super heavyweights over the last couple of years, do you know what I mean? Um, and like I said, I've worked with both of these guys, so I've seen what they did in preparation, I've seen what they do working towards the Olympics, and I take a lot from it. Um, the trainers, you know, I give a lot of credit to the trainers, you know, that they really do go above and beyond for us, so this isn't just a, this isn't a nine to five job for them, it's round the clock, all year, every day. You know, they're thinking of new ways and ways to improve us and help us, so, there's not there's not pressure in the sense of Joshua and Joyce have done good, but I wouldn't mind emulating them too. Do you know what I mean? You're now concentrated, focused on uh, Tokyo, of course. Then uh, I, I was just curious to know if you already looked forward. Uh... I have a few dreams. My first one is being Olympic champion. That's, that's first and foremost, 100%. Um, there's been a lot of, like I say, I keep going back to this, but there's been a lot of professional world champions there's not that many Olympic champions, you know what I mean? Especially from Burton on Trent. Um, and uh, that, that's a big thing for me. But yeah, the ultimate dream is, be, you know, turn professional eventually, after the Games, after the Olympics. Um, I have a very successful career. I want, you know, first of all, I want to secure my future, secure my, my daughter's future. Become, uh, become... How old is she now? She's, she's two or two and a half, so yeah. I want to become, you know, world champion. And I, I, want, I just want to leave, leave a good mark on the, leave a good mark on the sport. Um, I want, to, I want to do myself proud, my family proud, but world champion is the ultimate goal, you know. You know, all them belts, I want them all, um, and I believe it. And people, some people say, oh, I'm going to be a world champion. No, I'm telling you seriously, I believe I'm going to be a world champion. Anyone that's out there now, I believe that eventually I'm going to take over the mantle. That's going to happen. So I hope, you know, to all the professionals, you know, they do a great job, especially in England. We've got a great bunch of them: Fury, Joshua, um, Joyce, Daniel Dubois, Nathan Gorman. They're all doing great things right now. But I'm going to the Olympics to represent my country. Then I'm coming, and that's that, that's all it is. Fraser, thank you. No, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Olympic Channel podcast. Big thanks to Alessandro Poggi and to Fraser as well. You can follow them both on their social medias i put a link in the episode descriptions for both of those if you want to show fraser team gb boxing or perhaps just the podcast in general a bit of love get a photo up on your instagram stories tag us we are at olympic channel that would be absolutely amazing if you like this week's episode then have a listen to another boxing one we did with ramla ali she is a somalian refugee boxer who escaped war and became a champion my mum decided to, you know, leave Somalia um, because my eldest brother was killed in our front garden um, because, like, grenades were just being thrown all over the place and, you know, one landed on him. An absolutely inspirational woman. Uh, recently featured in British Vogue, 
Again, I put a link in the episode description for that. Have you thought about giving the podcast a five-star review on the podcast app? Put a quote from the podcast you liked or mention which ones you've enjoyed the most. It helps out immensely. If you want to get hold of me, I am at Eddie Knowles with an I and an E across all social media. That is it for now, though. See you soon. Think like an Olympian.